theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Praise God. My name is Barry DeGrasse. I wish if we ended with that song. Wish if we ended with that song. Praise God. I just feel that song. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Before I start, I want to wish uh, Jaden and Marcus a happy birthday. Praise God. They are my sons in the gospel. Praise God. I want to thank our pastor, Akil, Pastor Akil and Sister Sarah, for this privilege. I want to thank the EC family, the singers and the musicians for the great job you just did, ushering the presence of God. thank the leadership and I want to thank you saints of God for being here this afternoon and not walking out when you heard that I was going to preach because you know that I'm not really a preacher praise God there you go the bell rings emergency emergency I said it too soon now you all got to go Praise God. God is good. God is good. And it has been said before that we are the perfect church for imperfect people. And as Pastor Keel would always do, let us declare, this is my Bible. It is the word of God. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. And I can be what it says I can be. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Now that you have been seated for a short time, I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of the word. Praise God. And we're going to the book of Samuel. First Samuel chapter 7 and verses 7 to 13. And the Bible says, Now when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel had gathered together at Mizpah, the lords of the Philistine went up against Israel, and the children of Israel heard of it, and they were afraid of the Philistines. So the children of Israel said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us, that he may save us from the hands of the Philistines. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Then Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel. And the Lord answered him. Now as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day and confused them that they were overcome before Israel. And the men of Israel went out to Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and drove them back far as below Beth-car. Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shem and called its name Ebenezer. 
saying, thus far, the Lord has helped us. Ebenezer, thus far, the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and they did not come anymore into the territory of Israel. And the land and the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Praise God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you are God alone, Jesus. You are high and lifted up, God. I am nothing without you, God. You must increase this afternoon and I must decrease, Lord Jesus. Let the people of God hear your voice this afternoon and not mine, God. Let, Lord Jesus, oh God, be a refreshing and a renewing, Lord God, of the minds and the hearts of men and women that is under the sound of your voice, God. Jesus, be my oracle, Lord Jesus. Be my vocal cords, Lord Jesus. Be, oh God, the very present help that I need right now in this time that I stand before your people, God. Jesus, give me a new and fresh anointing, God, as I proclaim this word in Jesus' name. The name which is above every name, that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that you are God to the glory of God. Ah, uh, In Jesus' name, let your will be done in your midst, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. The Philistines to me is like Russia. They're bullies. Philistines. And I always look at the Bible. You may see it. Sorry. You may be seated. And I always look at the Philistines in the Bible. And I always wonder, why are they always fighting with God's people? And that's why I decided to look at this scripture. Because I always say, the Philistines, the Philistines. Every time I hear about these Philistines. And I didn't know what their purpose was. But fighting against the people of God. But who were the Philistines? Anyone know? I know most of us don't know. But the Philistines were an aggressive warmongering. Don't look at your neighbor. Warmongering set of people who occupied the territories southwest of Israel between the Mediterranean Sea and the Jordan River. When you go, you can look up that in your encyclopedia. Oh, Google, sorry. The name Philistine comes from the Hebrew Philistia. And the Greek rendering of the name Palestini. My Greek is very good. Which gives us a mother name, Palestine. The Philistines are first recorded in scripture in the Table of Nations. A list of patriarchal founders of 70 Nation descended from Noah, Genesis 10 and verse 14. The Bible records that the Philistines had contact with both Abraham and Isaac as early as 2000 BC. From the very beginning, the Philistines were either allies or deadly enemies of God's people. They played a pivotal role in the lives of Samson and Samuel and Saul and David. The Philistines were known for their innovative use of iron, which was superior to the bronze used by the Israelites for weapons and implements. Praise God. Even as late as the time of Saul in 1050, and 10, 10 BC, the Israelites were forced to rely on the Philistines to sharpen their advanced armament and aggressive military po policy. 
the Philistines continually thwarted the Israelites. The, the Israel developed meant as a nation. So Israel couldn't develop as a nation because of the Philistines. Because they had better weapons. Just like some countries can't develop because of the U.S. and Russia. Because they have superior weapons. That's why they call us third world. For nearly 200 years, the Philistines harassed, oppressed the Israelites after invading Israel's territory. The children of Israel simply could not deal with the Philistines' overwhelming military might. This only came to an end when Samuel and then David, through the guidance of God, were able to defeat the Philistines. Praise God. The Old Testament indicates that the Philistines worshipped three gods. Astaroth, Dagon, and Beelzebub. Each of which had shrines in various cities. The Philistines were infamous for their production and consumption of alcoholic beverages, especially beer. Now we know why they were always winning the war. They were drunk. They were always drunk. The Israelites frequently referred to the Philistines as uncircumcised. You remember when David went to fight Goliath? He called him the uncircumcised Philistine. I wonder what that means. Meaning that those who had no relationship with God, they were called uncircumcised Philistines because they had no relationship with God. They were not God's chosen people and were strictly of, and to, were to be strictly avoided as a contaminating evil. Some of us may have Philistines in our life that we need to cut off. They are contaminating evils. And you must know who is contaminating your brain that you need to cut them off. Surgically remove them from your company. Amen? Later I will tell you a story. There were seven major battles. Seven major battles between Israel and the Philistines recorded in the Old Testament. They included the battle of Sheplapa. Second Chronicles 20. It's just my pronunciation. Remember, I have a Jamaican accent. The battle of Aphek, 1 Samuel 4. The battle of Ebenezer, which we will look at later. The battle of Michmach. The battle involving David and Goliath and Pastor preached that couple Sundays ago. The battle of Gilboa. Ezekiah defeated the Philistines in 2 Kings 8, 18 verses 5 to 8. The Philistines eventually defeated. Eventual defeat was not due to Israel's strength or might or power. But Psalm 44 and verse 3 said, they, For they did not gain possession of their own, of their own sword, nor did their own arm save them, but it was your right hand, God's right hand, God's power hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance. Praise God. That they became your, your favored. So God favored Israel. God favors Israel like how he favors us now as Gentiles. Praise God. Most of us, Brother Koski, 
are familiar with the name Ebenezer because of the character Ebenezer Scrooge in Charles Dickens' novel, A Christmas Carol. Because the story was named Ebenezer as taking on a connotation of miserliness and a lack of uh, charity. Although, to be fair, at the end of the story, Ebenezer Scrooge had a change of heart. And you all need to be here at Christmas time when we present that story. Praise God. Praise God. That's just a plug for our Christmas story. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. In the book of 1 Samuel chapter 4, the Bible tells us that Israel went to battle with the Philistines. Why would Israel go to battle with the Philistines and they know they didn't have the weapons? The Philistines slew 4,000 men. 4,000. But what happened was the elders of Israel, they gathered together. And they were saying, why were we defeated in this battle? Why were we defeated? And they asked the question, but they looked for an answer within themselves. They didn't look for an answer from God. They looked for an answer within themselves. So what they did, they did this. They went and they fetched the Ark of the Covenant. They fetch the Ark of the Covenant. Now the Ark of the Covenant was a very sacred thing. God told Moses that he needs to build a tabernacle. And in the tabernacle was the brazen altar. If you were here two Fridays ago, we did this in our prayer walk. You had the brazen altar where sin sacrifices were made, the blood of sheep and goats and bulls and turtle doves were killed at that altar. And then there was a brazen laver and then there was a table of shoe bread and then the seven candlesticks and so on and so forth. And you go into the Holy of Holies where you find the Ark of the Covenant. And in the Ark of the Covenant was Aaron's budding rod, manna, and the Ten Commandments. But that Ark of the Covenant, only the priests could go inside the Holy of Holies. Only the priests could go near to the Ark of the Covenant. Because that was where God dwelt between the cherubims. And God would guide the people, the Israelites, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. So that's why the Israelites thought that if we took the Ark of the Covenant into the camp, then there would God would be present. But they never consulted with God. And God did not want the Ark of the Covenant to be in the camp. So the Bible tells us that when the Ark of the Covenant was in the camp, the Philistines heard a loud shout from the Israelites. The Bible says it was like thunder. And they said, what's that in the Philistine, in the Israelites' camp? And they found out that it was the ark of God. So they said, we can't fight these Israelites because their God is there. And they remembered all the ten plagues that God set upon the Egyptians. They remembered first water changing to blood, second frogs cover the land, third flies, which were the fourth one, they really. <laughs> Sorry. And the last one was slain of the firstborn. They remembered that, that the strong hand of God was against the Egyptians. So the Philistines were encouraged. The Bible says, they said, quit you like men. Be strong. Be courageous, Philistines. You can win this battle. So they were encouraged to fight this battle. 
And the Bible says to us, the Philistines fought and Israel was defeated again. And every man fled to his tent. Look at wimps. The slaughter was very great and Israel lost 30,000 men. 30,000. Those men in those, those women in those days were looking for husbands. All the men were dying. Imagine that. You're all lucky you live in this time. Praise God. So the question was, why were they defeated? Why were they defeated? That's what the question they were asking. They were defeated because they went out against the enemy without seeking the help of God. They went out about in their own power and their own strength to fight an enemy which they can't fight. They can't defeat. It is very important, saints of God, that you and I allow God to be that very present help in times of trouble. Praise God. Exodus 14, 14 says, the Lord will fight for you. The battle is not yours. The battle belongs to God. And you can't fight God for God. You can't fight the enemy with your little mishimashi prayer. You have to fight God, the enemy with strong prayer and fasting. You have to fight the enemy with the help of God. Only God can help you. Only God can help me. Whatever you are going through right now, God is able. God is able. So they were defeated because they did not turn their backs on sin. And was blaming God for their tragedy. Now, we know this from the Bible. It says, he who knows to do good and doeth it not, it is sin. Praise God. But the other ten commandments to look at. Thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not. But you see, in those days, God was not so nice like he is now. If you're a thief, pardon my language. If you steal, God kill you right away. If you tell a lie like Ananias and Sapphira, God kill you right away. So we are glad we are in this dispensation of grace. The Bible says where sin abounds, oh God. That don't give you the right to go and sin though. Praise God. That don't give you the right to go and sin. That just tells you that God is merciful. Somebody said when, <laughs> let me not say it. Let me not say it. Praise God. So, 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 so this is what happened. Their sin caused God to hold back his, his hand from them. And the Bible tells us to come out from among them and be separate. And touch not the unclean thing. And the third reason why they were defeated was they were trusting in the ark of the covenant more than the God of the ark. Praise God. They were looking where something like an idol or an artifact could help them. You know, sometimes we wear a crucifix around our neck and we say, oh, oh. And we pray. And we have a little picture in our house and call it Jesus. And we look to those things and we have a cross in our pocket and or a rosary and we say we're going to pray. God don't need no help. 
He said, I need no graven images. None, none, no, no graven image. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must work. worship him in spirit and in truth. God, help us. The fourth reason why they were defeated were they did not seek the guidance of God before they went into battles. A lot of times we just do our thing. And then when it don't work, we run to God. But God wants us to come to him first. We can avoid so much mishappening, so much headache if we go to God first. Seek the counsel of God first. First. Now the Bible tells us that because they were defeated, the Ark of the Covenant were captured. And Eli's two sons, Ophni and Phinehas, were died in the battle. And when Eli, their father, heard that the news that his two sons died, the Bible says he fell off his chair, broke his neck because he was a man of stature. He had somebody. Amen. The Bible also tells us that Ophni and Phinehas were scoundrels. They used to steal God's offering from the temple. So in 1 Samuel chapter 3, God had put a curse on them and the whole family and said, you're going to all die on the same day. I told you in the Old Testament, God was not merciful. God just killed you. So upon hearing that the ark was taken, Phineas' wife was in childbirth. She was dying and she named her son Ichabod, meaning that the glory had departed from Israel because the ark of God was taken. When the ark of God is taken, there was no protection. The greatness had gone. The honor was gone. The splendor was gone. And the power gone. So the Israelites knew that they had nothing because the ark was taken. But God so loved those Israelites that he, the Bible says he had fierce anger on the Philistines. Fierce. Fierce anger. So they put the ark of the covenant in Dagon's temple. And when they went back the next day, they find Dagon bowed over and his arms gone and his foot gone and everything gone. So they couldn't stand the presence of God there from the Ark of the Covenant. So the Bible tells us that God hit them, the Philistines, with tumors in their nether parts. When you go home, you can look at what that nether part is for the men. Amen? So because of this, the Bible said they returned the Ark of the Covenant to the Israelites. God was just messing with them. And the ark remained and in Abibana's house for 20 years, the Bible tells us. And as we look at our text, 1 Samuel chapter 7, it says, During the end of the time of the judges, Israel experienced revival under the leadership of Samuel. The nation repented of their sins, destroyed their idols, and began to seek the Lord. They repented of their sins. They destroyed their idols and began to seek God. Samuel gathered the people at Mizpah, the Bible says, where they confessed their sins. They fasted and Samuel offered a sacrifice unto God. Remove all the hindrances, the idols. God said, remove everything that stops you. Now, these people experience a Second Chronicles seven fourteen experience. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn, there must be a, a turning. There must be a turning so they had to turn around. Then will I hear from heaven. Then will I forgive their sins. 
Then will I heal their land. And that's what happened. They experienced that turning. Praise God. They fasted and they prayed. And God heard their prayers. They repented. It starts with a spirit of repentance. It has to start with that spirit. God, I'm sorry. Spirit of repentance. I'm sorry, Lord. It was during the time of repentance that what happened now? See what's happening now? Now we are fasting and praying. And the stupid Philistines want to come again and fight us. They want to fight the people of Israel. So what did God do? So Israel, when Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near and engaged Israel in battle. So did they fight? Did Israel fight? The Bible tells us this. Israel went out to do battle against the invaders. And God, the Bible said, God sent them supernatural help. The power of God moved because of their prayer. Prayer moved the hand of God. So God moved. And they were defeated because God moved. That day the Lord thundered with a loud thunder against the Philistines. And they, he drew them into a, such a panic that they were routed before Israel. Israel's victory over the Philistines had and was decisive, the Bible tells us. Several cities of the Philistines had, that, that the Philistines had been captured were restored by Israel. And it was a long time before the Philistines tried to invade Israel again. But we know that they continued because we saw that with David and Goliath. They don't learn. But to commemorate the divine victory, Samuel took a stone. Samuel was a great priest at that time. He took a stone and he set it up between Mizpah and Shem and he named it Ebenezer. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. Ebenezer, the stone of help. From then on, every time the Israelites saw the stone erected by Samuel, they would have a tangible reminder. Tangible reminder, look at it. Of the Lord's power and protection towards them. The stone of help marked a spot where the enemy had been routed and God's promise to bless the repentant. People had been honored. Praise God. The Lord had helped them all the way to Ebenezer. The stone was erected as a form of worship to the Lord. Remember the saints of God. The work of God should lead us to the worship of God. <laughs> you didn't hear me. The work of God should lead us to the worship of God. So when God does something for you, you can't sit on the praise. Amen. Praise God. Who woke you up this morning? Did you wake yourself up this morning? Get up, Barry. You need to get up. Get up, Barry. No, I didn't wake myself. God woke me up this morning. God woke me up this morning. I'm glad to be alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The work of God should be, lead us to the worship of God. It leads us to remember that if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? Where would I be? Ebenezer is the point in, your, in our lives where you and I can identify God's intervention in our lives which triggers a turning point. A 
turning point. The Ebenezer stone is an encouragement to me that the Lord has brought me from a far way to this point. Praise God. I remember I grew up in a Roman Catholic home. I was born a Roman Catholic. I used to go to church every Sunday. Altar boy. Altar boy. I used to put on my cassock and stuff like that. Every Sunday. But one thing was bugging me, Sister Sarah. I was never asked to pray. And I always wondering why, you know, I'm a Christian too. <laughs> but I was never asked to pray because I was Roman Catholic. And, 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 and you know, Deborah, in Jamaica, we don't consider them as prayer warriors. Praise God. At that time, I don't know what happened now. Praise God. But that was my real bug. And I had no real relationship with God at the time. No, I was just going through the motion, rituals, you know. Take communion and so on and so forth. Having the form of godliness but denying the power thereof. You heard it and it says from such turn away. But I was going through that time. And, 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 and there was a point in my life that every Friday and Saturday night we were at a party. Every Friday I was going... Party Friday, party Saturday, and Sunday I'm back in church, praising God, nice, holy, holy, holy. But it bugged me. And I said, well, what's this? So one of these blessed Saturday nights, while we were coming, while I was, I dropped my friends off at their home, and I was coming home at about 2 o'clock in the morning, car that I was driving, my, my mom's car shut off in the worst part of Kingston, West Kingston. Shut down. Ebenezer. Ebenezer. So at this point, I started my prayer. Ebenezer. Because I know that the likelihood of me living Breaking down in that community, Jackie, you know it, is near to none. So three guys came up to my car, eh, said they wanted to help. <laughs> Praise God. But it's a lucky thing, another one came, I don't know what he was doing out there, we knew me, because we used to play soccer together. And he said, oh, no, it's you. And they give me a, a push. Because I can drive standard. And we went on. And I went on my way. But I'm telling you. The next day I heard from the, that fort guy. That they were going to rob me and kill me. Kushok. Ebenezer. The stone of help. You see, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within and sinking to rise no more. But the master of the deep heard my despairing cry and from the waters, God lifted me. <laughs> now safe am I. God is a good God. God is a good God. God is a good God. And from that experience, I said to myself, no, I can't continue like this. I can't continue like this. So fast forward some years later, I left Jamaica and went to England to do some studies. And for seven months, I went to England. I didn't go to any church, no church. But at that time, Sister Sarah, I, I took the Bible. And I read for those seven months I was there. I read the Bible for myself at that time. And I didn't, there was no great revelation I couldn't say happened, but 
God was speaking to me. I didn't know. It was a turning point in my life. It was an Ebenezer point because that was the time I was trying to find God. I was reading the Bible for myself. I was trying to find what is my purpose. So I went back home and nothing really happened. I went back to my church and we were there. But this, this, I used to work with the government chemist department and this young lady who used to work in another department, she used to come and ask me to go to church with her. You know, invite me to church, I should say. She invited me to church and, you know, you know when people invite you to church and then pester, pester you. You just say, all right, I can come. So this, they, had, they were having missions convention. I remember that, missions convention. This is the first time I've ever been to an apostolic church. First time. Never been before because I, <laughs> I don't want to tell you what, what I thought about apostolic churches at that time. But <laughs> praise God, I'm jumping all over the place. Hallelujah. So I went to church that evening. Praise God. And when I stepped through the door, the song, I can remember the song. Right on, King Jesus. No man cannot hinder. Everybody was running up and down the place and jumping all over. And I'm saying, what is this? But, saints of God, I felt different. The move of God was so rich in the place, I felt different. And I can't tell you what the preacher preached that night. I couldn't tell you. But all I know, when the preacher finished preaching, I went to the altar and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's it. With the evidence of speaking in tongues. Praise God. Praise God. I used to flip-flop. <laughs> you know, go to, because the service start. they had two services at Wildman Street at the time. One started at 8 o'clock and one at 12. So I used to go to the Roman Catholic Church in the morning and go to, <laughs> and, go, and go to, but then I said, no, man. Light can't mix with darkness. And uh, one of my, I went to high school with her. She said, Barry, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. I said, what? And I was baptized about two Sundays after that. And from that day, I was baptized. That's the end of me going to and fro. Settled. I settled. I settled. So I want to tell you this. I fast forwarding now to 2010. I'm in Canada now. I went to the doctor to get my regular checkup. Yeah? So the doctor sent me to do a PSA test because of the test he, he did before. You men will know. When you're tested for prostate, what the doctor does. So I did that PSA test. And uh, the PSA came back high. So what does that mean? I sent me to a urologist and the urologist did his test. And I was diagnosed with pro intermediate prostate cancer. There was a turning point. Diagnosed with prostate cancer. And God knows what he's doing. Because every day I said, God's word is my medicine. God's word is my medicine. So I, I got my healing scriptures and every day I would pray. You know, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. For, th for thy word, O oh God, is life. 
unto those that find them and help to their flesh. And I would pray these prayers every morning, every day, every afternoon, every night. But I still had to do the surgery. <laughs> yeah, God did miraculously heal me. No, he didn't. He didn't do that. And sometimes I wonder why, but, you know, God knows and I don't. Praise God. But the Bible says, <laughs> they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And that's why when I come to church, I can't sit. <laughs> so God, have me go through that surgery and remove my prostate. I'm getting too graphic. But the urologist, after he did it, he said, oh, you're a good man. <laughs> and every time I had to go back to him, every six months I had to go back to him, and he was kind of amazed. He was amazed as to the progress I was making. My PSA was 0 0.04 when I did the operation. That was 12 years ago. And every six months I had to go back to the urologist. And then it was every year. And this July when I went back to the, the urologist, he said, oh, you don't have to come back to me again. Ebenezer. That was my Ebenezer moment. The stone of help. God. God did it. Not God does what he does in his time. Amen. In his time. And God knows what you and I are going through. And God will do what he says he will do. He may not heal you. He may not come in the morning, the songwriter said. But he'll be there. Right on time. He's an on-time God. He's an on-time God. He's an on-time God. So we are here this afternoon because God has helped us thus far. As children of God, we are to stop, look back, look over our lives, look where we are coming from, and say, God, you have brought me from there to here. You have brought me thus far. Acts chapter 26 and verse 22 says, Having therefore obtained help, the help of God, I continue unto this day. I continue unto this day. Praise God. You may have experienced hurt. And even you, of even your very own as Joseph did. Joseph had no stone directed. So he called his firstborn son name. Manasset, meaning for God has made me forget all my toils and all my father's house. We may not have a natural stone to remind us of God's help. So Jesus, Jesus wants us to remember what he had done. So he constructed the Lord's Supper. And he said... As often as you do this, you eat this bread and you drink this blood, you do it in remembrance of me. God, that's the Ebenezer stone. The remembrance. Today, I want you to turn over everything to Jesus. We will be remembering our Ebenezer stone moments throughout this week. And we will allow God to move us from this place to the next place. God wants to take us to a higher level. Let Jesus begin a new work in your life. Today, somebody under the sound of my voice is crying out, Ebenezer, Ebenezer. And the Lord is saying to you, come 
Unto me all ye labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you because I am meek and lowly. The musicians can come. This is the first day of the rest of your life. This is the first day of the rest of your life. God wants to restore you today. God wants to restore you today, not tomorrow. Tomorrow is a mere possibility. It belongs to no man. You can only live for today. Think. Think where you should have been. But if it wasn't for God, <laughs> if it wasn't for God, where would you be? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If it wasn't for God, where would you be? Somebody under the sound of my voice wants to make a change. And Ebenezer moment, I call you today to this altar because God wants to do a work in you. God wants to do a work in your life. God wants to make a change. God wants to turn your life around. This is the time of a change. This is your Ebenezer moment. The time when you can look and say, thus far, the Lord has helped me. Thus far, the Lord has helped me. Thus far, the Lord has helped me. If it had not been for the Lord at my side, where would I be? Oh God, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God is not looking for vessels of silver. He's not looking for vessels of gold. God is looking for a healing vessel this afternoon. Somebody will say, God, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I want to give my whole being to you this afternoon. God, you are. You are the awesome God. I can't go any further without you. I can't go no further without you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.